What's, What's up? up? This is Draco. And this is Alicia. And you're now tuned in to OD, OD Podcast. Podcast. Oh, <laughs> Period. My back hurt. My back is aching and my bra too. Yeah, okay. I bet my bra too tight because I gained some weight. Mm. You gained weight? Dang, is it the end of the world? Is that? A, am I allowed to do that? You are. But I just be feeling like you don't even eat unhealthy that bad to well, gain I eat a lot of ice cream. Mm. But I do exercise a lot. I have, I've only gained like three pounds, but on my body, because everything goes to the stomach, it's noticeable. Um, <laughs> I had to go to the, funny, but... I went to the doctor yesterday and they um uh, I wore leggings, I wore everything light. I might well wear a bodysuit. I'm like, I need every ounce to count. <laughs> oh my god. I don't need nothing added. Take off a pound for these braids. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, y'all, welcome to another episode of OD Podcast. Sorry, we late, y'all. It's my fault, you know. I it had to always is. You need one. Ain't got to dress it no more at this point. Yeah, we don't. But but I, um, I, I, I still you know what's funny? I always think about you. I... place Hazel. Place place. What, what place mean? It mean go on her cut. Okay, anyway, whatever. She do what you want. But, um, no, there she go. See? People say Look. that. Look, that's what she's placing. <laughs> oh. But, um, it's just so to make sure she's, um, disciplined while I'm... Anyway, um, I forgot what I was about to say. Um, but I feel like it's been an eventful week. How about you? How was the Met Gala? Man, it's been a lot. So, for the last six days, I have been on autopilot. I went from a video shoot to... Um, what was supposed to be a three-show tour, but it turned out to be a four-show. They added a show on last minute. And then my client and her manager, um, well, my client's manager manages Future and Gunner also. So she was going to the Met Gala with them. Um, and then my client, Flo, she just went to the after parties with her manager. Um, so I've been working six days straight um, in a different city every day, literally. I needed a break yesterday. I really needed, I really need a week off, but it's fine. Do you think you had a capacity to take a week off? Like, schedule, like, do you have any bookings that's going to stop you from doing that? Um, so tomorrow I got to go to Arizona. Um, I told my friend I would come to her birthday party, which is in Arizona. So I'll just be there for one day. Arizona is 30 minute flight. So it's, you know, it's right there, but, um, my clients once again pulled up on me with the last minute ask i got a text messages uh i got a text message this morning um around well this morning and it was like what's short we i'm just trying to figure out what's you what's you guys departure city i'm like departure city for what so apparently it's another show tomorrow and friday that i'm not doing i'm not doing it i can't i'm sorry i feel you i can't do it i i really like I actually love what I do and I think that is one of the most easiest jobs but I think people look at it from the outside like I really want to do like it's the celebrity uh, side that they see like why wouldn't you want to do this they see the end result they never Mm -hmm. see what it takes to get to that point and I think that you have to consider the artists like that's a lot of pressure on them to you know because no matter what type of mood you're in you could be going through a death in the family PMSing um, a bad breakup Whatever the case may be, but the when you get on that on. stage, mm-hmm. show go on, you know? So you you have to consider that. And I have to actually, you know, be almost, it's almost like a, 
like makeup artists and hairstylists that travel, we're also we're also almost like therapists in a way, because it's like we have to bring that good energy to the table. Because even when we have things going on, we can't really bring that to the around that energy because then it'll fuck up everybody vibe. So you have to kind of go in with like be fake, like customer service almost. Yeah, it is customer service <laughs> in a way. So. I w- like, it gets it gets very exhausting some days. I but- can't imagine, man. You kind of yeah. That's I think for me, even when I was like before I ever finished college, I always desire a structured work schedule. Like I always the nine to five routine was meant for me. Yeah, I I like to know exactly what time I'm getting off work, what time I'm be, what days I'm gonna be off. When I used to have to, you know, when I was working like retail hours, I I missed out on a lot of stuff, which is whatever is life. You know, I'm happy to have been able to work and make money, but I never liked that I would be working on a weekend or working late in a, on an out of weekday afternoon. So I really appreciate structure. So anything related to the entertainment industry is not for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it definitely is. I think that, um, I think that for me, uh, what makes me love it is just the end, like I said, the end result. And also just um, if I weren't working in the entertainment industry, I don't know what I could do that I could get paid the amount of money that I can get, that I get paid for. Mm, I think that for me to live, live the life I want to live and I don't have like, um, you know, any skill that any previous skill or anything else or any or I don't have a college degree or anything. I think this is perfect. And then it's something that I genuinely enjoy doing, but I also can live how I want to live in a way because in a way I can't. Like I can I can have the things that I want, but I don't really get to enjoy them because I'm always fucking working. So that's Yeah, Jesus. It's interesting. I was looking at um, Money Long on the Breakfast Club today and she talked about, I guess she had a tour that she was going to go on, but she canceled it. And you know, fans were not happy about it and all this other stuff, but she revealed that she has lupus. And um, yeah. so it just... It just makes you think about like the and not that she she was like she was saying she doesn't want sympathy she doesn't even feel like she has to share that but people demand so much from entertainers like it's not how dare you have a, a, a illness or how dare you want to be a singer if you got stuff going on that's gonna stop you from singing Real life stuff yeah and it's like yeah. it's just really a shame because like like she said she doesn't owe anybody the explanation but she just felt like you know just so you know like a FYI like this is what I'm dealing with and if you're passionate about something. You you don't let nothing stop you from doing it. She could still continue to sing, but she doesn't owe anybody an in-person performance. That's an added benefit to yeah. two hundred people per city. That's not even, that has nothing to do with her entire. That's not her entire fan base, I guess. That I'm yeah. Um. Yeah. I actually. What's so crazy is that I just recently started working with her. Um. I worked with her before, but it was just like a one and done thing. But mm-hmm. we always kept in contact. Um. I kept in contact with her before I even moved here. Um. What's funny is. We actually were cool previously, like during MySpace era. When she was Priscilla Renee. I didn't realize that was her. And she she had to tell me, she was like, you don't even realize that I'm someone's, you know, and I'm like, wait. Yeah. But what's so funny is she actually hired me to be the stylist on her tour. Dang. I, I wasn't even going to be a makeup artist. I actually was styling her. Bag stopped. Just which there. I don't do, which I don't do. I'm not a stylist, but um she I don't know what it was she hit me up she asked she just really liked my style and she was like you know what I feel like you can come up she's because she hates the way that people in LA style I mean like it's so weird out here because I think people are looking at Atlanta Atlanta let me tell you something 
I don't care what nobody say. Atlanta is a blueprint for a lot of things when it comes to entertainment industry. And I want people to really understand that. We are the, really the blueprint for black we? Atlanta. You live in LA. Baby, I'm from Atlanta and, 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 and you know this. That you should playing. be saying y'all. Ain't no y'all. I live here because of this, because of the lack. Okay. So um, Atlanta is the blueprint for black hair and makeup. Uh, uh, just vision in general, like the look ahead to toe. So I think that she knowing that I'm from Atlanta and just my style and, you know, my, I guess, thought process or whatever, she was just like, I know you can do it. So I had to put together 14 looks. Um, I had to, but luckily I have like friends that do things in the industry. So I had to call seamstress and freaking designers to put these looks together that she wanted because she wanted real specific things. But I was going, I was, I was so ready to pop out with that because I ain't tell nobody that. I was yeah, so that ready. That would have been a nice, that would have been a like a ooh, okay. Yeah. Now, like would you my, transition from makeup to styling? Um, I would, I would, okay. So here's the thing. Had, had I would have, had I would have went through that, I probably would have, um, I probably would have merged into image consulting. Okay. Because that way I can do everything. Like I can come up with the makeup. The hairstyles and then the the look. I can do a full look, but um, you know things happen for a reason. That wasn't my lane. I need. Then it don't mean it can't come back. It can't come back. You know that that is true. Um, but as of now, I think I'm gonna just focus on what I'm doing, and I noticed that I'm gonna need a team. I'm gonna need a team, so I'm gonna have to start hiring people really soon, like ASAP. I know I said said that before, but I think now it is more. And what kind of aspect um do you need to hire? Um, so as of so right now, um, my problem, the problem that I had, okay, so my rent office is well, my my building. I, I said this before. They're transitioning over to um another company, and they they haven't did the online portal yet. So with that being said, I have to pay my rent in person. I'm never at home, never. So so this month and last month, I have to pay a late fee. I didn't want to. So argue. crazy that they penalizing you for that after because of something like that. Now I didn't. I didn't. I, I probably could have opted out of the late fee just because of the inconvenience. But I just. How can you opt out? I was. I just could have just told them like, "Hey, listen, I travel for work. I'm not here. I didn't know that. Y'all told us this yeah. while I was gone. You know, and I don't have people here that can come pay that for me. Had I had an assistant, I could have just said, "Hey, run down there and do that." Um. So I definitely need an assistant. I need to hire more. I need to hire um, actual makeup assistants as well, like um, people that can assist me on shoots and that I can send to different jobs when I get them. And then also just that, just those two for right now. Well, if you need anything virtual, I'm happy to help. You know, I'm retiring soon, so I'm going to have a lot of free time. Listen, I'm... You probably the only person I would trust with my bank account login. So you'll be the first person to know. I'm gonna be buying ice cream with your money. That's fine. I'm gonna be like, is he gonna Klondike sound like makeup, don't it? Okay. <laughs> but you know, I had texted you the other day asking if you were familiar with Riverside. I'm not sure if you texted me back. I did. Oh, you did? Okay. So yeah. I have a um, you know, I have definitely thought about so okay, y'all. Before we get into the episode, I, I every week I talk about wanting to move. And, you know, I love California for its nature. I really want a, an aesthetic 
view if that makes sense you just do not get that in georgia period we the chattahoochee is the most nature that we get and it's just like i really am out of options so anyway one of my friends who i graduated from college with she moved to um, riverside california uh, shortly after graduating and she has a beautiful home 30 minutes south of LA or I don't know what direction it is but anyway her home the home's not her home but the houses out there is no different from Atlanta I'm like oh wait a minute yeah I'm talking Riverside about- I'm, I've, I don't think I've ever been there but um I don't think it's that far because I hear it yeah she said it's 30 minutes away now I, I was told by another friend that I'm gonna probably have to learn Spanish um, but my friend did tell me that it's a lot of Hispanics out there she said most of the black people live south of LA I don't know what that means is that like South of LA is Compton, Inglewood, Ladera Heights, Baldwin mm-hmm. Hills. Okay, Baldwin Hills. But yeah, so anyway, not that I'm looking to move to Riverside per se, but I think that that's a good mix because of where I live now, people, it's not Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm across the street from Atlanta, I am in a suburb. So it's like close enough to the city if I wanted to get there, but far enough to where I'm out the way and I could also get a good quality of living. That's my biggest thing. And, and Riverside. Like from her window, she literally got mountains and mountains. And I just think that's so fire. I mean, I seen houses four, four five hundred thousand, three, four bedroom. I'm like, bruh, this, I would have never thought that was possible in California because I only yeah. think about LA and the Bay Area, but you know, yeah. I don't know much. And that's what I was telling my neighbor. I was like, honestly, I need the equivalent to my exact neighborhood in another city, not the um, main city name. Like if I move to DC, it don't have to be. Baltimore. It don't have to be that immediate area, but it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get fun. it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. So I just want to run that by y'all. But anyway, let's get into the episode because you know I can talk and talk and talk, talking and then talking and then talking and well. Um. Oh, my phone is in the other room. It's my turn to do Black Business of the Week, huh? No, it's not. Um, you did that. Um, the Art Noir or whatever last week. Got it. Okay. Okay. I, my shirt came. I should have got a smaller size. I might order a second one to be honest, but I like the material. It's very nice quality. Period. So uh, my black business, okay, y'all. So my dog is an amazing dog, right? She's a great dog, but her breed is naturally very hyper, very energetic. Now she has calmed down a lot. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. However, there was still a lot of room for training. And by training, I mean, like when people come over, don't be jumping all over them. She gets so excited when she see people. She just does not know how to contain herself. We go for walks. She likes to chase squirrels. Okay. She just... She's a sweet puppy, y'all. But she just, well, she grown she just, now. She just a baby. She just, a, I mean, she's a dog. She I does. She does dog However, a, a well-trained dog is like an obedient child. They need to know when certain things are allowed and when certain things are not. So I was in search of a new trainer because backstory, when I went to Kenya, y'all, I enrolled Hazel in a board and train, which basically she was going to stay with them for 10 days and they were going to train her. Long story short, Ain't no way they train her. Ain't no way. And we're not going to go into details, but canine coach on Atlanta, on Atlanta Road, count your days. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was not cheap whatsoever. But anyway, I, I took my L's, man. And it's it's so much more behind that story that really pissed me off. I, but anyway, so the good old algorithm, TikTok, sent me a black dog trainer. I just happened to come across this video. And I'm like, let me see where he lived. That luckily for Atlanta, most times you see a black business owner they live in Atlanta. <laughs> Every time see I what see I'm saying, yeah, no, they always in Atlanta. So I reached out, uh, and I and I had called a couple of trainers, like I took referrals from other people, and you know me, I'm team black business if I can help it in any case. But 
I, on top of being black, this guy was actually really professional. He had a very well-established website. He had um, videos you could reference on YouTube. Just a lot of things that made me comfortable with the way that he runs his business. Mm-hmm. And so he set up a consultant. I mean, he set up a, 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 a consulting visit, I guess you could say, to kind of like assess Hazel, see how she is. We talked about things that um that she needs to work on, some of like pain points and things like that. He even threw in a lesson at that visit so we can kind of see like, okay, how he works as a trainer, which is very important. This is stuff that I didn't know to look for in the beginning. And, you know, I also learned that 4% of dog owners train their dogs. A lot of people's dogs do not. People think training means teaching them how to pee. I want a well-behaved dog. I want to be able to trust my dog, basically, so we can communicate. So anyway, yeah. his name is Tejan. And um, his his business called I don't know if it's Kaizen Canine or Kaizen Canine, but I think Kaizen or Kaizen is uh it's like an Asian word or something like that, something to do with obedience and training. But anyway, all I'm saying, if you guys need a dog trainer, I highly recommend him. He's very professional. He comes to the house um once a week. You can do twice a week for the program that I'm that I pay for, and we go over certain things. So basically, whatever the topic for the week is, we'll go through it. He'll teach me. And then I use what he taught me on Hazel. So that way he's not the one training her. And then she ain't gonna listen to me. He's telling me what to do. And she will, Uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's a big thing too, y'all. When it comes to training a dog, you really are training the dog owner because they need to understand you and what it means when you say something. So he comes to the house, like I said, about an hour a week. And then throughout the week, I send videos of the stuff that I'm working. So he holds me accountable as a dog owner. So I send videos and he'll give feedback through the videos, like based on what I show him or whatever. And even once all the training is over, we have a lifetime membership. Basically, whenever I need to sharpen anything or if I need to tighten up something or learn something different, I can reach him at any time and, you know, get, get, get support. So anyway, the website is kaizenk9.com, K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-N-I-N-E.com. And obviously I'm going to put the information in the episode notes, but I do recommend he also has a board and train program. I don't know the cost. Dog training is not cheap. Let me just preface with that. Um, but I, I definitely recommend. I mean, since the stuff that like literally the stuff that we teach Hazel, same day results. I'm not even joking. Like it's oh, wow. really crazy. I'm like, this the same dog. <laughs> he also affirmed me a little bit saying because he works with a lot of doodles a lot of dogs that's a popular breed but he was talking about how calm hazel was compared. now i'm gonna lie i seen a lot of gold news i'm like oh baby hazel ain't nowhere near like that her biggest thing is just jumping on people she gets so excited she want to like jump she'll literally jump in your arms i'm like girl you weigh 35 pounds you know she thinks she's a baby that's okay she I know she baby. do and it's okay I don't mind it but she just needs to know she and she's good with only she only does it to people she knows if it's people she don't know she can just stare at you now anyway she used to think she used to didn't care but anyway y'all check him out tell him I sent you he I mean seriously I do recommend him and um yeah that's pretty much it so um if you follow him on tiktok it's also under k's and k9 and you can see a lot of his videos and also he's doing this thing lately where he'll go to piedmont park and offer free dog training, literally going up to people who have dogs and teach them something on the spot. And I think that's really cool because like I said, a lot of people do not go through dog training. A lot of people give up really easily on dogs. I, I know a lot of people who have gotten rid of their dogs who were just 10 weeks old. And it's like, you are almost done with the hardest part of it. They don't have patience with them. And it's because dogs don't know English. Just like babies yeah. don't know English. They know the way that you learn to communicate with them. So I think I just want people to have more patience and understand that dogs are not psychic and they are literally, they literally have to be, they'll never be be self-sufficient so you have to have a good form of you know 
communication with them. Anyway, I'm real passionate about it because I see a lot of terrible pet parents out here in this world. And I can go on and on and on how y'all don't deserve to have dogs or cats or birds or anything else. Let me tell you, they don't play about that in California. Um, oh, yeah, everybody I, got a dog out there. They, um, somebody had left a note in the elevator on my floor. Um, I guess somebody was had, like, their dog was crying because they they must have hit them or something. Mm. Oh, my God. So they left a note saying that um, I don't know who it was, but as soon as I find out I'm calling the cops on you, you should be ashamed of you. Absolutely. Yourself. People be abusing their dogs. People also leave their dogs in the crate all day long. They don't get to socialize. They don't get to play with other dogs. And they wonder why the dog is vicious because they don't know what this other four-legged animal is. Yeah. Mm-mm. it's really a shame man. I, it really makes me upset like I know people who have dogs well over two years old and they're not even potty trained and they beat them every time they mess up the house the dog don't even know what's going on yeah, I don't got no dog and I don't play around Ooh, don't give me it really it really makes me upset so anyway that's my black business of the week let's hop into shop talk um shop talk uh <laughs> it's been a lot going on Black China lost that case, y'all. Um, let me just say that I am not surprised, not one bit. Like, um, <laughs> I was rooting for her low key. I can't even lie, but Jesus. I mean, you know, Lord. I think that we, I think us as black people, we were rooting for her on the finesse level because Black China has always been a finesser. And it's, she's so good at playing crazy. Like, she act like, oh, everything's lovely. I don't think she's playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't think she's joking. Um, th- you know, that's something about a tourist that we can never explain. We are great um, finessers. <laughs> and that could be a good and a bad thing. In that case, it was good um, for a minute. And obviously, it's backfiring. Time is be- running out. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, just like any other scam. Uh, it's only a matter of time before it comes, you know, comes to an end. But um, it was good while it lasted. I'm sorry, China. So now they got she now going I, broke. Um, here's the thing. Black China has always been a girl who was about her coins, and she's always done things to get her money, and she keeps money. Now, do I think she's going broke? No. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think that she just was doing that to to have a better case, just because okay. I feel because I feel like you know. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I said I think that she was just doing that to have a better case. That girl ain't ain't broke. She um. Why her mama started that GoFundMe though? <laughs> because that's her money. Her mama was doing that for herself. Probably. I'm I'm not sure she was. Dreamy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. So I mean. <sighs> Black China, I love you, girl, but, um, you know. I see she released a dress on her boutique today. It looks just like the dress Kim K wore to the, the Marilyn Monroe. Let's let's talk about that. Okay. That actually was what I was going to talk about because Go ahead. I, I have some I have something to talk about. So, of course, Met Gala was Monday. Um, I did want to talk about the Met Gala, not in specific to Kim Kardashian, but since we're here. Um, I just, you know, I really try to be a person who 100% supports um black businesses and black people with a lot of things and i'm always gonna take our side of course um but i always like to correct people when they're wrong i mean don't just out of spite for not liking somebody try to you know lie on them so the the problem that is in the media today is that kim made it okay so kim obviously wore one of banner monroe's uh, dresses. The dress is worth, I think, like four million, four million dollars. Wild. Something. 
which is insane. Um, so she literally got it from the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum because that's who bought it. They bought Ripley's bought it. They have it in the museum, I think, here. Hollywood Ripley's Believe It or Not. And so Kim obviously doesn't have the same body type as Marilyn Monroe or the, she wasn't the same weight as her. That's the real reason why she got the reverse BBL. And so, and so she did whatever she did to lose weight really quickly to fit in that dress. And she said it was very, she, she, she just said, I did, she, you know, I did an extreme diet and I had to lose 16 pounds just so I can be able to fit in the dress. So I left it at that. I didn't think nothing else of it. Cause in my head, um, I kind of always, you know, compare her, especially in the beauty world. I compared her rise to Marilyn Monroe because of the the trends, like Marilyn Monroe, the mole with the red lipstick. And sex. Yeah, like it, it, it all. It to me is adjacent, and I know a lot of people won't agree with me on that. I'm fine with that. That's just my opinion. That's how I see her. So, I thought it was very fitting for her. The problem is she dropped a video today um, of of her. Um, you know, preparing for the Met. And in the video, she put the dress on and it couldn't fit her. It was like, they had to tie it. And- Oh, it was too big? It was too small. Okay. So in the video, you can see them like trying to see how, you know, whatever, because they can't alter it because of it's a one of a kind. Right, but they didn't take her measurements and stuff. That's literally her, you know, that was literally Marilyn Monroe's dress. So they had to like see- how it fit on her and then that's when she realized she needed to lose weight so the problem is they zoomed in on it and made it now it's a rumor going around that the dress actually didn't fit her she wore a shawl over it to cover up the hole so it's a big ass hole but i'm like this is a screenshot from the video of her trying it on right i was gonna say did she have on a shawl i don't remember seeing she that had one on but the thing oh. about it is Marilyn Monroe had that same thing. Oh, she oh, was part of the dress. So you saying that people made up that rumor because they don't like him? Yeah. I, so you I, know, it, it was like that Chris Rock thing. People had his fake screenshot circling, talking about he had a pad on his cheek. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So, so this guy who's like a big fashion critic, um, I follow him. So anytime something that is fashion related comes up, like a war show or something like the Met comes up, he does like similar to what Fashion Police is. And he explains like the references for people that don't get it. And so I, I follow him because I'm in, I love that. I love that he's able to explain it and really break down the silhouette and the style of anything. And he's very knowledgeable about some stuff, but he was very adamant on like, oh, shame on her for ruining that dress. She couldn't fit it and she knew that and da, da, da. And I'm like, I said, this is the picture that y'all talking about? And he was like, yeah. I said, hey, that's the screenshot from, he said, I said, that's a screenshot from the video of her trying it on. No, it's not. This is from the carpet. So I went back and screenshotted it and the full image, she had brown <laughs> hair. Clearly, she wore her hair platinum to the Met. Her hair was brown. I wonder how they did. Did they spray that? Because the color job was then slept. Um, it, it probably was a wig. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But it probably was a wig. But even still, I'm like, obviously, this isn't the same day. Oh, and I said this to him. You know what he told me? What? Oh well, either way, it didn't fit, and she ruined it. Cause I heard it cracking when she was pulling it up in the video. What? In the video again? That was not at the Met. That's really weird. I mean, you know, I'm I and now one thing I am not is a hater, 
and it's you got to give credit when it's due and not be a hater when it's not due because like if you're wrong you're wrong take the post down i mean it's because he had like 12 posts but she's getting drugged by that like especially especially it's a lot of women um in the pinup scene um and they weren't happy about it you know um this is my my question about it and we can move on I don't understand what makes this dress so iconic. Maybe it's the style of it, but Marilyn Monroe was literally singing to JFK who she was having an affair with. Like, why is that? She ain't like that. She ain't like that. <laughs> Marilyn, is that you? <laughs> she ain't like that. I just don't understand what made, like, I never. Um, I, It was, okay, so the, 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 I think the significance behind the dress is that the designer, designer at the time was one of the top designers. Um, Obviously that designer is no longer with us. Um, So it was like, it's, it's like an archive piece. And then I think the diamonds on the dress make it very, um, uh, very expensive as well. Like that's, I mean, during that time, that was like something that was like a major staple in her, you know, her reign, I guess you would say. Just, you know, I just think it's interesting when I look into the lifestyle of Marilyn Monroe, it's so interesting how she has been deemed iconic. But like you said, you compare her um, Kim a lot to Marilyn and I can understand how, cause people praise Kim who is basically famous for her sexuality so i can see how in a time where sexuality wasn't so open why people were so like intrigued by her yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay cool um she still was having an affair with jfk okay they should so i sent a comment that said they should have been showing what jfk's wife was wearing at night because yeah, the audacity yeah all right um I want to talk about this video that circulated of this white girl what, rapping the baby, a uh, rapping little baby song. Okay. Um, I hate. I don't want this to come out wrong, but I feel like our people tend to really go up when they see white people, quote unquote, correctly appropriating our culture. Um, uh, I think it's really strange, and I think it's unnecessary. On top of that, on the video, she wasn't. It was literally a. It was like the song was being played over the video. So you can't even hear her rapping, which is even more cringe because it's like, is it the lip singing that y'all excited about? Because she knows the lyrics. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I always, I always say that people, you know, we tend to always want white acceptance, but I just think it's weird basically. Cause um, like if we went, if we were singing panic at the disco videos, we not, they not going up for us. Yeah um i thought it was funny i think i always think shit like that is funny um just because it's like the first thing that comes to mind is i want to know how they were raised like where they came from because somewhere where they weren't allowed to hear rap music probably yeah and you know what's so crazy though i think since i worked for a rapper i noticed that a lot of white people enjoy rap music I mean, oh yeah that's yeah yeah that's, and that's so nothing I think wrong that with i'm it. not really i'm not really shocked by it i think for that video i was more i was more uh i guess entertained by her mannerisms like her like you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it was so funny to me like because i'm like girl you are you money bag y'all like I what do you like get? it because soon as um, they find out she said the n-word somewhere now y'all hate her yeah and y'all I mean, only like the video because what? she's white and rapping a song. Like I don't, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I just think nine point five out of ten, nine point five times out of ten, anytime it's somebody that 
is similar to that or all the way in there. I'm almost sure they said it before. You of think, course. The fact that she knows that. Paul ain't never said nigga. Let me tell you something. I can you, point out all my white friends who I have heard or seen regard to say the n-word and it ain't in it ain't in don't even get me started i just you know i I just need i just don't it's like we be we be at white people's mercy like please look like us accept us oh great she knows our song okay she's one of us no she's not it's just i don't think yeah i I get that too and i don't i don't i don't i personally don't look at it from that point but i definitely understand that i definitely get it it just annoys me that's all it's like and then the next day we you know we want them to respect us and all this other stuff and then them same people vote you know do making decisions that are not in favor of us but they love our likeness they love our music they love our culture but they don't love us and it just annoys me because that video was getting circulated so much and i think it would have been more impressive if we could actually hear her rapping but she literally was was rapping with a voice like it was the song was playing oh this wasn't it wasn't even impressive i'm not and i don't I'm not trying to come off as no hater but i just feel like you can't even hear her rapping. Like, why are y'all so excited? Yeah. Um, we have a tendency to do that a lot in the South. I think it's because we're so used to white people not being, like, I guess, nice to us or um, welcoming, in a sense. I know for me, I mean, you know, in Georgia, it was a, a 50-50. It's like sometimes white, some white people are extremely nice and then some people are, like, weird. Lately, I've been going to, like, really random cities like Omaha and all these other places. And I've been experiencing some really like underhand racism. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've, I don't know, and it happens so fast that in the moment I'll be like confused. I'm like, am I tripping? Yeah. But then I think about it and I'm like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Cause like even, I don't know, like a lot of times going through, like the other day I went through TSA, the guy who was in charge of the machine that you walk through to check, uh-huh. I feel like he was racially profiling me so bad. For real? Like, and it, I, I what was, was he doing? So I had on some cargo pants. And um, I always clean, you know, first of all, when I walk through the airport, I most of the time have on sweats. So mm-hmm. I was, I always check my shorts. I put everything in my Telfar bag prior to. I'm fine. So I could walk through. I mean, I go to the airport every day. I, I do this every day. So I know what to do and what not to do. When I Before I walked in the machine, he was like, um, are you sure you got everything out of all of those pockets? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, are you sure? And oh. I'm like, CSA agents be having a stick up day behind for real, for real. I feel like it's a requirement. I'm like, yes. So he was like, because um, everything is going to show up on the machine. I said, sir, please, like, come what on. You trying, what do you think you got a, a, a weapon or something? This is the thing I'm talking about. I was feeling so uncomfortable. So then he had to check me. He had to pat me down. So he, he had to or he chose to? Had to get a pat down. So he um he pat he was patting down my pockets on my pants and then he went up to my arms. He's like, you need to hold your arm straight out, you need to flip it on the inside, oh like my God. being real aggressive. So yeah. apparently it was something showing up in my hair too. So he was like, Can you hold your hair down so I can check your uh your braids? <laughs> Not your braids, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted to slap him. Yeah. Like, for real, like I'm, I, it's just weird. I don't know. I just been running into a lot, so I get that, and I think that any moment where I can be around a person um, that's not of color, and they don't treat me like for one, they trying too hard to, for me to under, you know, to be like, hey, I'm not one of them, 
Um, or they, you know, I hate when our people do that too. Hey, I'm not one of them. You don't need their approval. Just live your yes, life. Exactly. 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 This is why I, 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 I talk to my friends all the time about code switching. Like, we not in a professional world, baby. What you got to call a switch for them hoes for? Yeah, it's, it's default. Talk it's built in. That's why I get so annoyed because it's like we almost are intimidated or fearful of them. And then as soon as they do something remotely similar to us in a way that we like it, oh, they can come to the cookout. I hate the cookout conversation. It's just... I don't even... Stand up! Uh, <laughs> Stand up! Y'all be weak in the melanin. Okay, so on to the next. I want to talk about the Supreme Court uh, planning to ban abortions. Um, first things first, I think y'all are sick in the head. Every last one of y'all that vote that are going to vote for this, it's really wild when you think about um how people want to force people to have kids. And you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, be responsible, make sure you bring a child into this world that has a solid foundation. But it's another thing, thing to literally allow people to bring children to situations that they don't want to marry children. Or like I mentioned, even about dogs, people abuse kids, they abandon kids, they hurt kids, they harm kids. And these kids grow up to be terrible human beings that shoot up schools, that, that, that abuse their partners, abuse their own kids. And it's a never ending cycle. People have mental health issues, physical health issues, and some people just downright are not mentally capable of raising another human. And because of this being passed by the Supreme Court, many states will have a lot of extra kids in foster homes and needing to be up for adoption. A lot of kids being left for dead, people trying to take babies out their womb, their own, by their own, using coat hangers and whatever else is sick. And um, I need people to understand that at the point that you can have an abortion, in most cases, now, obviously, there's like the heartbeat bill when they're saying like if the child has a heartbeat, then you can't have an abortion. That's one thing. Um, But these be little tadpoles, y'all. Like, come on, let's not yeah. even play. Let's, and it's like, so abortion is y'all want to be illegal, but birth control and plan B, not to give y'all no ideas, is not. It's just really sick. And I just think that... um. I, it just doesn't sit well with my spirit. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I do not like it. I don't even know what else to say about it, but it's really annoying me that this is something like it's like history repeating itself. And the only people that are going to suffer from this are those without access. And it's not cool. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's fair for men to be able to make rules about women's bodies. Um, I never felt comfortable speaking on anything. I don't know what it feels like to even be a woman, especially when it comes down to emotions, when it comes down to um, everything. you I don't have a uterus. I don't have a period. I don't have anything. There's nothing that I can do to relate to what women um, go through. And it's a lot. It's a lot of mental and physical change. And it's like, yeah. there's nothing easy about being pregnant. And it's like, so people have to go. Th- I mean, it's just really sick. It's just yeah and it's I and i hate that people are trying to use religion to support it like first of all what happened to the separation of uh church and state number one or or church and nation in this case but i just think that you know everyone number one every your religion has nothing to do with the law of the land in my in my opinion like i just feel like it's two completely different things and it's just i don't know and like i'm not a fan of the idea of an abortion but please believe i'm not opposed to getting one if i ever have to like I think it's and there's nothing easy about getting an abortion people be traumatized after the fact you know what I'm saying it's a process no matter what but people should have the ability to choose what process they want to take yeah it sucks I don't know what needs to be done if anything can, could be done yeah, but... move, to, move to Mars child I don't know no that's cheap <laughs> okay um 
Okay, for the main topic today, this is kind of inspired by a previous job that I have. Y'all know I've mentioned several times that I used to work at the Apple store. Um, the Apple store in specific I used to work for is at Cumberland Mall. Okay. okay. Um, con- the Apple store at Cumberland Mall was in the news recently because the employees are petitioning to be unionized. Um, if you guys have been keeping up in the news, Amazon um, won a lawsuit. There's a, a black man, a black king, took um, Jeff Bezos to court to unionize Am- Amazon workers. And basically, if you guys don't already know, unions work for the employees like you know companies have hr but they really work for the company unions work for the employees so like i worked when i in college i worked for the braves uh, i worked for aramark at the Braves. we did food service and we had a union and i mean they would support things like you know wrongful terminations if you lost your badge you know give you the resources you need to make sure that you can keep your job um and so one of the main reasons why the apple store at cumberland mall wants to be unionized so they don't feel like they're getting paid enough money and it's so crazy because i was reading some of the comments about this and it made me realize how unaware people are. like we were talking earlier about how you feel like you don't you know you could be grieving you could be sick you could be whatever but they're expecting you to come and show up for work now um when i first started working at the apple store i made 14 15 an hour i was a, a sales associate which is a specialist there and at that time, that was a lot of money. I was coming from a job where I was making nine, ten dollars an hour. I get to work for this company that I always wanted to work for, making fourteen, fifty hours. So that, you know, and I'm still living in the hood. I was still living in the hood working at Apple Store. So this is mm-hmm. like, wow, I don't came up. So anyway, to me, that was great. You know, being a sales associate, I feel like it's not a whole lot to it. You need to be knowledgeable about the products, and then you need to be able to sell them. You're not getting commission, so you just kind of have an old happy day everywhere. Anyway. Mm-hmm. There are several other roles at an Apple store. There are um, trainers, which they call creatives, or I don't know what they call them now, creative pros, where they lead workshops, they do one-on-one sessions, group sessions, they go out to schools, they do all kinds of stuff. And then you have the technical support where you have the people who, you know, they troubleshoot stuff. So if your phone won't turn on, let me take a look at it. Let me follow these steps to see if I can get it to come back on. Like very, very non physical troubleshooting things that are software related mostly then you have the repair technicians or the geniuses who do turn the screws they remove parts they um abide by safety measures and they you know kind of get your your whether you need your device replaced or repaired they bring it back to life anyway i'm describing this because i need people to understand that the apple store is not your average retail job period point blank period it's extremely stressful and i'm not and this is no shade because i loved working for apple apple really changed my life my career everything that's a fact i've talked about it several times but um apple has created this culture of entitlement from its customers so when you work there you deal with a lot of disrespect a lot of it so customers feeling entitled to stuff i mean they have the culture that you pretty much want to please the customer i've seen people get free phones free computers and not just off of nothing it's because they were so irate that that's what that's all they could do to appease the customer now not something i've learned in my research that giving a, an irate customer something for free does not make them happy they still hate you they just happy they got a new phone so you didn't do anything for that customer or the company you just got them out your face anyway now this this topic isn't going to be about apple but i just want to talk about like you know understanding like your worth you know what i mean so um they basically are saying they want to get paid a minimum of $30 an hour. I am not opposed to it, baby. Let me tell you something. It's a lot of stuff that I did at the Apple store that I left and went to corporate America and made two and three times the money without distress. Yeah. Like when I first left the Apple store, I got a full-time job working at Home Depot, corporate, obviously, doubled my pay. And then I was, st- I was still working at the Apple store because um, I just loved it so much. I just loved being there. But I would leave my nine to five 
and come to that store, be I'll be like, never mind. Immediately, no, it's just too much. Uh-huh. So, anyways, um, yeah, basically, it's just I just I just a, a lot of my friends I've tried to break it down to explain like it looks like the coolest place on earth to work, and it is. It's a really cool place to work, but it is a lot. Sometimes you're working with two and three customers at the same time, back to back to back. You work so much, you might miss your break. And this is not necessarily intentional, but it's um it is also by design. It's just kind of one of those places where it's supposed to be the happiest technical place on earth. And I do want my people to get their worth because it, it can be a trap. It's really hard to move to corporate. Corporate is there's a huge like um when I work for Home Depot. That's a company that really does prioritize their retail employees. They put, they center everything around them. Every They get the biggest bonuses. They get the recognition. They get everything. And so when I started working, I'm like, dang, like this is fire because I used to be a retail employee. And when I went to corporate with Apple, them people, half the folks had never even been in the Apple store. So they up at corporate making choices for an environment that they don't know nothing about. Mm. And so when I went up there for my internship, I'm sharing this information about certain areas of business. And they're like, oh, wow, we didn't know that. And I, and, it, and I think that's where the problem lies. So people at the top are like, be grateful. You're getting paid $17 or $15 to work in a mall. Now, when I left Apple, I was making about $19 an hour because I had got promoted or whatever. But in their eyes, you working in a mall making $19 an hour, how dare you complain? But it's not about that. It's about the impact and the business value that you bring. And it's about what you're dealing with. Them, them customers are rude and at Cumberland specific and I'm sure Linux has the same problem the scammers are not in limited numbers baby every customer is a god darn scammer so it takes the fun out of the job because you're going through the, you you know the ID fake you know the credit card fake you can't you you can't prove it because you're not your job is not to police it but it takes the fun out of it because number one there's always a shortage of phones there's always a shortage of products you got true customers that want to buy a phone and you got these scammers coming in here with a crew buying all these phones taking up all the inventory and it just starts to get old and annoying because they be disrespectful they be stealing I mean, Lila, I have witnessed so much stuff. People don't run out with the display phones. I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. Apple's My thing about them when they do stuff like that, technology, I mean, those phones got trackers on it. Apple is not about to sit there and be like, okay, this $800 phone at a trillion dollar company, let's find out where it is. They, that's, it's just too, and the theft is so in, so ongoing, it's really not worth their time. And people can jailbreak phones to have a workaround. So it's just really, it's just something you got to chalk it up because those phones that are on display on the tables literally come from the inventory. So all they're going to do is go to the back, get another one and replace it. It's just, but anyway, yeah. it's just a lot, y'all. It's a lot and it's a fun place to be. It is a fun company to work for, but it is a stressful job. And right before I quit, like I would literally be calling off taking sick time because it just was like too much and while i was able to survive off of it it's still i still was not able to get paid my worth especially in today atlanta specifically they definitely not making enough i mean my friend she's staying in adamsville and her apartment she was like honestly minimum pay live out there about 30 dollars an hour so it's like i think the number one companies need to get a they need to have a cost of living adjustment and apple got the coin baby they got the coin and like let's i mean for real the products sell themselves, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I had a conversation with someone today and they was telling me it's because of Apple. Don't, Apple has already done the groundwork for the products to be successful. So you are just a representative. So they don't have to pay you as much because you ain't going out to find the customers. You ain't going out to convince them. Yes, you can answer some questions, but these people don't need to come into Apple store to get Apple products versus a, another company where you have to sell them on it. And, and so you get paid a commission or a higher pay because you have kind of expanded their reach. Anyway, I know that um you had that you've had moments where you've had to increase your rate or yeah. maybe you had to like 
ask for more and once you realize like how much people were getting so i just wanted to know like what was that point maybe whatever your latest rate increase was like what was it that made you realize like i should be charging more um so it's always a battle with me and this is the reason why i need a team so when i first started uh, well i was working at mac of course um i was getting that same treatment because we were getting paid 17 dollars an hour that was our starting pay at mac um and people looking at us like what y'all get paid more than everybody tomorrow Mm -hmm. and y'all only doing makeup at the counter but i'm like i mean not only that i mean we're sales associates and we have to actually do makeup application on customers we have to learn some i mean like any other job so i'm like the simplest form that's what you're doing but obviously because you can because i could say oh i sell macbooks and computers or i I troubleshoot and i do repairs but it's never just that yeah like when so, you when I went to the UGG store, I literally would go to the back, get their size, ring them up. That was all there was to it. Yeah. So it's a it's a lot. So I'm a, I'm I'm actually a makeup specialist for that brand at that mm-hmm. point because I have to be knowledgeable about every single thing going on with the with every product in the store at the time. And so um, once I started to freelance, I didn't really know how to set my prices because I had I, I left Mac because I went on tour. I didn't know how to even price that because they wanted a weekly rate. Like I was, I would get paid weekly. I wouldn't even know where to start with getting paid because every, and then like I would ask people that have done similar jobs and they act like they can't tell me because talking about rates in the field, especially um, if people in the same field as you is just so taboo and people don't want to know like, oh, I'm getting paid this much. So usually when people tell me their rates unwillingly, I already know they're lying. I mean, that's just me. You think they tell you too low? Too high. Mm. Well, I think that they'll, they'll come off like, oh, I charge this. Like, cause I, 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 I'm honest. And if see, I charge- and when you start charging it and you actually get it, now they send there with the boo-boo face. That's literally what happens. So <laughs> people tell me that. And then I found out that it's not true. And I'm like, but, and then I'm, I'm saying this number and here I am getting that times whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the mm-hmm. Anywho, but um, so the way that I do it, I just, I, I'm tired of asking people. Um, I do kind of, I do a thing where I go on people's websites and I look at their prices if they have it on there. And I just kind of be like, oh, okay, this person, you know, anybody that I feel like does similar work than I, than I do. So I can kind of see where the going rate is. But um, every year I make it a point um, to go up on my rate every January. I was just about to ask you, do you do, do you give yourself a merit increase like year over year? Okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over every year I'll go up just little by little. Um, I will say though, this year has been really crazy for me. And so the, the goal every year obviously is to make more money than I did the previous year. And so this year has just been so much already so fast that I'm like, uh, I might need to start telling people a little bit higher than what I'm charging just yeah. because um, my problem is some, I go by my feeling. If I feel like, if I feel like I'm not, cause you're supposed to set your prices to what you feel comfortable working for. So for me, if I'm in a situation and I feel like it's not worth the money, I need to charge more. Yeah. This is happening. This is happening. And even though that's normal, I'm like, girl, I can go over here and get paid more than this. Or, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go up. So it just, it's just different because I'm a freelancer. But um, 
also cost of living cost of living is going up groceries are going up gas is going up and i live in california so i have to definitely calculate that in i have to fact factor all that in and then also factor in um miscellaneous stuff that i just want to do on the side go out to eat um my t-shirt you know little stuff like that so i have to really just really just sit down and just calculate it myself i just need i honestly just need i don't i don't know if i need a financial advice i don't know what i need but i just need something i need help do you feel like you charge the appro- uh, do you feel like you charge a fair rate or do you feel like you should be charging more i think that i charge low yeah um, I don't know if I spoke on this before, but um, there's a problem in the black beauty community because I think that when it comes to hair and makeup, especially um, guys mm-hmm. in the beauty community, people try to like slide in and be like, oh, friend, let's be friends, you know, just so you can get that rate or a smaller rate. But when it comes to people that are um, not black, uh, so Hispanic, white people, whatever, they don't hesitate on their rates and they get paid. I mean, like I know some artists who I know my work is better than and I've been working longer than them. And I know for a fact they probably get paid three times the amount I get paid. Now, with do you no think problem. that coming from Atlanta has something to do with that? Because if they're already in a city like L.A. where things are more expensive, they may feel more comfortable asking for it. Here's the thing, though. It's not many black artists here, and the black artists that are here, I try to connect with. I'm I charge more than them. Mm. It's literally only one person that's black and a male who I've talked to out here that make that uh, charges more than I do. Okay. Only one, and um, I don't know. I feel like partially that has something to do with the agent um, because I know when you're signed to some agency, some people. They're like, oh, he's with this agency. So that means he'll charge more. Plus, he got to pay them. So he has to charge more than yeah, what he's charging. Exactly. So that, that definitely does have something to do with it sometimes, too. So I'm learning that over time. Because Would I'm you like, get an agent? I know you mentioned it before. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's something that I'm really gunning for at the moment. Because that's that's very important out here. If you want to book a certain level of jobs, what's crazy is the type of work that I book you would think that I have an agent because people yeah. are always like, who's your agent? I'm like, I don't have one. I'm my own agent. Period. Like, God is my agent. They're like, whoa, and you're able to do, you're doing this and you're this place. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, why not? Like you don't have one? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I think that that's admirable on my end because, yeah, for uh, sure. you know. Imagine what like, you could do if you did have an agent though. It's like, dang, saying. you think you, you think you stepping on this, you about to be cracking spines. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Agents and managers are very important, especially when working in um, the industry out here in LA. And Atlanta, they don't care. You know how to do some eyebrows, some good eyebrows. You got a good lash foundation, match your neck. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's this TikTok I would like people to check out. People that in corporate America called, I think it's called Pay Transparency Street. Basically, this girl, she just goes to cities and stops people on the sidewalk and asks them what they do. She asks them what they do, how much they get paid, and how much the experience they have. And I really love that because, like I mentioned in previous episodes, we have been groomed to not talk about our pay. Now, I'm not somebody that's all willy nilly sharing what I pay, but if somebody asks me, I'm always very honest with them. 
um obviously for good like if you're somebody that's in my industry like you know i'm not telling you just so you can be counting my pockets but if you're somebody that is in a similar field looking to get into my field or even a recent grad i'm I'm always willing to share that kind of information because when you start off low you end low and that's just what it is but it just sucks that people are making companies trillions of dollars and they're not getting paid their words. I mean, at the back to the Apple store, at the absolute minimum, a sales associate in there should be getting $20. At the absolute minimum, I think that there should be a part-time pay rate and there should be a full-time pay rate. I yeah. don't know. That's just my opinion. But, you know, I've and I feel like maybe I'm sounding like a, a broken record, but I really have come a long way with understanding how to ask for my money. You at the end of the day, especially when, and I know my perspective is just from corporate America, you really, y'all, you have to, you just have to have audacity. That's really what it is. And it's very possible that somebody may um, say that you're asking for too much or too little, but how else are you going to find out? I have a friend right now that's been interviewing for jobs. And when I tell you her, the the money that these companies have, they have started, she's, she's seen stuff as low as 88. She's seen as high as 175 for the exact same job title. So imagine her being happy about 88,000 and she's telling this 175 company that she'll take 88. You think they're not going to give her, you think they're going to tell her to ask for more? Absolutely not. Because thank you for that. And now we're going to hire three more people and get them whatever they ask for. Cause you just saved us some money. Asking for low or low volume stuff only benefits the company does not benefit you. They always have a budget. They already have money set aside for whatever this person asks for. So I want people to get, I, I get it. It's intimidating. It's scary. But one thing you can absolutely do. So this is a typical recruiter call. When you in corporate America, when you apply for a job or if you get reached out about a job, you always speak to the recruiter first. It's not like in the mall and the retail job. You speak to the manager. You speak to a recruiter who screens the, the candidates and then pushes them forward to the hiring manager. So they'll say, hey, what are you looking to get paid? And this is something you can say. So I really want to learn more about the job and the company culture. Could you share Could you share the budget that you have? So let them know that you may be flexible with your pay based on the good match of a job. But if you share to me the, the budget, that'll help me identify what I should be getting made. And they're not, I have not seen, personally, I have not seen a case where someone asks for the budget instead of saying how much they want. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to find out that you was about to say something way too low. Anyways, it's just, it's That's just- my problem right now. Yeah, and I get it because it's intimidating. You asking somebody how much they willing to spend. First of all, why why don't you just tell me that instead of asking me what I want? It's because they benefit off of you not maxing out on that but on that but that budget. And it sucks. Let me tell y'all the job I'm in now. I ask for double what I'm asking. Well, not double. I asked for about forty fifty thousand dollars more than I'm actually making, and it's because I had audacity. I knew they wouldn't give it to me, but I was like, let me see what they say. You think they humble me, and that's fine because what they gave me was I'm okay. I, I was fine with that. I just felt like, hey, I got you on the phone. <laughs> what them pockets looking like? Yeah. But it's just, and I, I, like I said, I know it's not that easy, especially for people that don't have a lot of experience or they really just want to get their foot in the door. It's more, it's scary because they feel like they don't want to miss an opportunity by asking those kind of questions. But you do have to start somewhere, man. It, it's just. I just companies like we are everyone that works for a corporation you are making them money and they're making money off of you being there and the only person losing is you because you ain't getting paid what you worth or you're not getting paid based off the impact that your work is doing for the company so yeah. I just want to talk about it because the Apple store thing really I just when I read the comments people's like oh let me apply to the Apple store like dang Apple is such a lit looking company that people think they just be in there tossing plants juggling iphones basically it's a stressful place oh no, that's i mean you are becoming a technician 
And it's always freaking packed in there. It's, and it's always, and they have, it's organized chaos. Don't get it wrong, but it's not always pleasant. And it's just like, people end up getting stuck working there because I always, when I was working there, I used to call it golden handcuffs because you get these great benefits, things that are definitely unusual for that type of work, but you're not getting paid enough. But you don't, a lot of times people either don't have a degree or they don't have transferable skills to get out of there which that was me. That was me until I got my internship or my career experience, what they call it. If I didn't have that, I would have been stuck at the Apple store much longer than I had to be. And I would have been extremely miserable. But so people, you know, you got people that are, they also attract a certain niche of people like creatives, hippies, definitely not just yeah. those two, but those are the type of people that is typically attracted to that kind of work environment. And in other workplaces, they may not be accepted because they have tattoos on their face, on their arms, on their hands. They have different colored hair. They may do drugs. I don't know, but at Apple, they're accepted. So now they kind of like, well, what else am I going to do? Where else am I going to go? So now I'm stuck working here making this amount of money, even though I really want more, but I don't really have what it takes to leave. Now, obviously you can shape yourself up to get what it takes to leave, but everything don't work for everybody. So I'm rooting for them. I doubt they get young and eyes, but I've, I'm pretty sure Apple going to give another pay bump as they should. Yeah. Um, I actually have that um, issue. Um, as I was saying before, it's just, it's hard. Like when you dealing with, not knowing um that's another reason why i want an agent and manager just so i can kind of structure my business not that it's not structured now mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm just doing it to the best of my ability what i know which is commendable but i know that i could be getting paid more and i know that i'm deserving of better opportunities than what i have now and that's the only way that i can get there is if i have somebody that could that specialize for you and so I definitely feel like I charge entirely too low for what I do. I definitely feel like um, that needs to change. So what will it take for you to get this agent? Like, what is it? What is the steps? Um, so I have to um, figure out what agents are looking for specifically. Um, I need to definitely get an EPK, which I don't have, uh, electronic press kit. So that just is something that showcases my work. It's it's almost it's almost like a. Um, you can probably make that on Canva, right? My friend, she makes resume. hers on Canva. It's a resume. Um, I just don't know what to use. Like I don't know. I need to do more shoots, though. I need to do more shoots just so I can um, show my variety in my skill. You know, so I don't have to get booked. I don't want to get typecast, basically. Yeah, I feel you. So are you going to... I feel like right now I am. I feel like right now I am. I feel like right now people are like, okay, he's very good with dark skin. He can make makeup look amazing on deeper skin tones. Let's book him. Because I have it. I have heard plenty of times like, oh, I don't know if he could do light skin girls because I don't ever see him post it. Hmm. Which or is like, so crazy because I feel like it's the opposite. A lot of people don't do dark skin girls. Yeah, I'm like, well, don't do them I well. can do this, I can do that. But realistically, though, um, doing light, uh, lighter skin tone, like I've, I've personally found it harder because you can, it, it's so many different undertones in that skin, just like it is dark, deeper skin tones. But I can, I think the, when it comes to deeper skin tones, it's evident, like eyeballing mm-hmm. it. Like you can just look here and I can just see, oh, she's definitely more cooler tone, more olive, more warmer. Um, when it comes to lighter skin, I think people run to banana powder, which is not the case. Uh, like if, if, that can't be used on everybody's skin tone. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. It's 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 technical. It get you know. No, I can understand. And another reason why you should be getting paid more because it's not just a matter of like I've had people ask me, do they makeup before? And I'm like, what you want me to bring my makeup? Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to do somebody. That's actually kind of how I started doing makeup because I used to wear I'm not interested in being a makeup artist. So you asking me because you think, oh, well, she at least know how to do makeup. She can just do mine for free. But I'm going to bring you 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 a yellow and I'm a pink. And so you want me to, you get what I'm saying? It's just like, it's another thing where people just don't understand the work, what goes into the work of the job. And so when they hear your prices, they're like, all you're doing is doing this. And it's like, I'm not just doing that. It's like, are you going to let your next door neighbor come in here and paint your wall art? Probably not. If your wall, your next door neighbor is not an artist. <sighs> it's like, it's just we don't understand I just, well, I hope that you can take those steps so you can get an agent that you want, you know, because, you know, so you don't feel typecast and things like that. And you deserve to have the range and the bookings that you want. There we go. And, um, and I'm going to keep telling the girls how much money to ask for because I'm going to ask for it. I I was scared before, but I ain't no more. But I also never had anyone telling me how to negotiate or how much money I should even be making. Cause every time I had those before 2017, everything that I made was more than the last time. And the conditions I was living in, it was, it was close to the finish line, but now I got, I, I got, I got time to waste baby. Yeah. Period. Periana Sequana. <laughs> so anyways, well, um, I went out one another thing I was going to ask you, how do you determine your annual increase? Do you go based off of your expenses or what how do you know um and then we can wrap you mean like how do i determine that i need to get paid more yeah do you go up 10 percent every year 15 percent, or is it based off what you got to pay for for your life um it just bait uh right now i'm just basing it off of life <laughs> like i'm like you know this is costing me more this is you know a bigger expense now this you know whatever so I just base it off of that. I don't have no system for real. Mm-hmm. I just know that I go up maybe like um, it'll be anywhere from 30 to $50 on just like my regular rate or my do and go rate. And then like on my um, daily rate, I'll go up like 300 a year. Yeah. You know. Now, do you ever look at other people's rates and be like, okay, I'm a, like, do you use those as a benchmark? Um, Kind of. That's why I say I look at other people's rights. Like I definitely go on make other makeup artists page, go to their websites and see what their rates are. Yeah. And okay. I'm like, mm, okay. And I just kind of like wage it off of that. Makes sense. That's what I do. That's what Glassdoor is for me. What do other people making? All right, let me add 15 racks on top of that. Mm. Oh, y'all don't want to give me that? Well, I'm not interested. Periana. That way. <laughs> so. <sighs> My phone people. I'm not, I haven't been posting on Instagram, so my phone. Huh? Has, I said I haven't been posting on Instagram in the last two days, so. You haven't? No, only my only my close friends and my my phone is like blowing up. Um, somebody named Priestess Lola one just commented on a random pic, my my most recent Instagram picture. And she said, if you really believe in Vedic astrology and energy chakras, I have noticed frost because of some toxin guy around you in the past. If you can inbox me with your right palm picture, if you want to know more, thank you. Namaste. A toxic guy from my past, sweetie, you don't know me because I don't have no exes and I don't have no toxic people from my past. 
you know what's so crazy? Um, Flo came over my house one time and I went downstairs to help her um, find parking and I couldn't find her. So as I was walking back to my apartment, this guy randomly stops me and he's like, you have, you have good energy around you. I see the good aura. He was like, but you, he was like, you don't have any, he said, you don't have a um, existing love life, huh? And I said, no. And he's like, it's because you're allowing that person from your past to keep taking over your thoughts. And he's putting that bad energy on you. And you need to really get, like, he just started like saying something. I'm like, okay. He was like, yeah, he's blocking that. And you need to get away from that and just stop allowing that to interfere with your life and blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. Do you want to hear more? I said, <laughs> no, I have to go. First of all, this person is not accurate. I'm sorry. I don't have any toxic guys from my past. <laughs> sorry, I don't do toxic relationships. Then shortly after that, I just got a follow by Dr. Sade Ifa La- Okay. I don't even want to say oh, it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say it out loud. What what are y'all finding me? I ain't coming on the same room no more because I'm pretty sure where this came from. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Um should we? All right, y'all. We had some technical difficulties. Yeah. (laughs) This has been this has been another episode of Odie Podcast. Okay. I'll let your girl. I'll let your twirl, Miss Mamas. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.